What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And, and this I'm week... Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I'll introduce you. It's all good. Uh, and this week, we're actually joined by a guest host, um, kind of off the cuff. But uh, yeah, Jeremiah, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jeremiah. Uh, I run a podcast with a friend of mine called uh, A Cosmic Void. And what's that podcast all about? Oh, dude. So we do basically like we started off doing very influential movies. So we would just do like big league movies and it just kind of became just I guess it's still kind of like that, but we kind of are just more sporadic. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes we do like anime. Sometimes we do like we just did a commentary on a really shitty alien movie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's just kind of funny. Uh, And yeah, so I've been doing that for a few months now and I've done podcasts with this guy before. And yeah, so we just discuss movies. We usually, uh, I usually try to get uh, guests that are kind of in like bands and like Mm -hmm. metal bands and stuff like that. It's kind of been like a weird random thing that started. And then he usually gets like teachers and then we kind of just dissect different movies and what makes them interesting and yeah we're just kind of all over the place like we did musicals last week and the week before and now we're doing brendan fraser (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah i saw you guys did uh la la land i think that was your newest yeah that was like my comeback episode was it nice nice yeah 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 and uh i mean we put up our we had no intentions of having a guest on this episode and we put up our schedule for the month and you messaged Mm -hmm. us and fuck here we are dude uh, i'm like diehard aliens fan dude like (laughs) deep cut fucking like that is like my shit and when i saw you guys post that when i was just like using the instagram to message my baby mama on the down low i was like you know what i will fucking do i want to i want to do something aliens like <laughs> then no bigs didn't want to do aliens because we already did alien and he's like we want to kind of wait a while to do that and i was like fuck it man i want to do that shit now blast back nice dude nice let's talk about aliens <laughs> yeah yeah well we're uh, we're excited i mean like we literally just met you, you know, just off the coffee, just messaged us saying, hey, come on. And we're happy to have you on. You know, it's fun to meet new people and talk movies. Yeah, 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 for sure. That is like definitely what we do. So, yes. And that's one of our biggest things, too. Like whenever we close up our episodes, we just say, like, if you want to collaborate or anything like that, shoot us a message. And this is a fucking perfect testament of that. Yeah, just, yeah absolutely. Man. You slid into the DMs and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this whole month of September, we're doing uh, sequels to movies that we've already talked about, and uh, what better movie to kick off the month than probably one of the best sequels ever made, if not the best sequel ever made. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about this one. Oh yeah. Especially with someone who is a self-proclaimed diehard fan of it. Oh, dude! <laughs> fucking for real, like, dude. Uh, Aliens is what got me into like commentaries, uh, special effects, um, mm-hmm. like just the things that I would say make what my favorite movies are. I would say Aliens is what brought me there. Like, okay. I remember I was probably like 10 or 12 
and we were in a Suncoast video or something like that. And I just saw the alien special edition. I had no recollection of what aliens was mm. or anything. I just saw the DVD and I asked my mom if I can get it. She did not know what the fuck that was. <laughs> totally let me buy it. And then like later on, I ended up finding out she's actually like really into horror movies and got me into a lot of other horror stuff. But nice. I went just kind of slipped through the cracks and dude, I am like a diehard aliens fan. My seven-year-old son is a diehard aliens fan. Like That's awesome. we collect all the like figures and toys and stuff, dude. Like that is like our fucking thing. That's sick. <laughs> That's, sick. That's sweet. I like that a lot. I uh I have two young ones myself, and the older one he can like do without this type of stuff, but like I have a he's one and a half, and whatever I'm watching, he's like glued to the TV. I'm just yeah. like, oh, I probably shouldn't be letting you watch this kind of <laughs> shit. I know, dude. I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, start him young, whatever. He's gonna start watching them eventually, anyways, if he's living under my roof. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying, man. If he's into it, like he's just he's not affected <laughs> by the scary shit, man. He loves it, man. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. We're just raising little serial killers now. Oh, I know. That's how we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, before we hop into this movie discussion, um, we're gonna trim this down just a little bit because there's three of us. But is there any movies that you guys have watched recently that uh that you've really enjoyed? Like whether it's new or a newer movie to you that you haven't watched before or something like that. Uh, for me, I just watched uh, The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf. It's an anime. Um, oh yeah, anime and movie on Netflix. Man, it is so fucking good. I loved oh, yeah. it. The opening like ten seconds is like bloody. You don't see it coming. It's like this is what I fucking want. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Witcher fan, and I loved it. So I definitely recommend it. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. So it's not like a, a crazy um, long movie. It's yeah. a, kind of like a prequel to it's like more of a Vesemir and stuff like how he became a witcher. Okay. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, I did watch the new Candyman. I won't say too much. I did a little uh, quick review for Patreon. Um, I did thumbs like up it. Or thumbs down. I right. say thumbs up. I did like it. I still prefer the original Candyman. Um, I think there was, just a bit too much social commentary in this one. Like I'm okay with social commentary, but I think it was just a bit too much. Mm. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend checking the theaters. Was this a Jordan Peele that did this one? He produced he, it. He produced okay. and wrote it. Yeah. He didn't direct it. Yeah. I think it was a female director, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. lastly, I watched fear street 94. Uh, I did not really like it that much. There was a few cool kills, but uh, I wasn't really a fan of it. 1978 is much better. I promise you. That's what I've heard. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. What about you, Jeremiah? Cool. Um, shit. Uh, I watched that new Neil Blumkamp movie. Uh, what is it? Uh, Demonic. Um, it was different i i like the idea <laughs> behind the concept behind it but i think uh it really got lost in translation with what so did, did you guys know anything about that movie at all no no i don't think okay. i've even heard of it okay do you know who neil blumkamp is the name definitely sounds yeah, familiar sounds so he's a dude that did district nine Elysium. oh right, oh, right, right. He, he was gonna do the new alien movie yeah and, 
be chappy. Then people were like, I don't think we want die out wood. He just, he made a film company on YouTube called oats studios or something. And they just make um, the whole concept behind it is um, they make trailers for movies they want to make. And this was that company's first movie. It was uh, pretty interesting. It just, I just, I, I like when he does the 10 minutes in the future thing versus mm-hmm. like he went with a whole like demon technology thing, which was an interesting concept. I just think it was kind of campy to mm-hmm. be honest, but mm-hmm. I saw that. Uh, I saw the Green Knight in theater recently, which is, pretty interesting it was i went there with my tattoo artist he was fucking like not into it and very verbally not into it when we were in theater uh i was kind of into it there were a lot of what the fuck moments but um yeah yeah it was i I feel the same as you i watched in theaters too and from the the trailer i kind of like didn't have high hopes for it i was like i'm not really feeling this so i kind of went in with not high expectations and i was just kind of like mad during the whole movie so yeah i'm a big a24 head and um Mm. i was i i did not know the poem or you know the shit behind the green knight so Mm -hmm. i came in thinking it was going to be some wild ass like horror movie hereditary style (laughs) with like you know some crazy dude that can't die that's what i was thinking it was gonna be so i went into it and i'm like oh this is like british poetry stuff um cool (laughs) the way that they marketed it like that first trailer that we all saw and like everybody's going nuts over it it looked like it was going to be a horror movie yeah yeah like it looked like it was going to be like a really like like you said hereditary like a very a24 type horror movie I think it was the uh, the lighting. I think the lighting and the way they filmed it a lot kind of mm-hmm. gave off that that classic A24 vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. From my understanding, it's very on point to the original story. And um, I mean, it's very interesting. I definitely did like it. It's just uh, definitely not something. It wouldn't be something that I would just go into and be like, yeah, I want to see that shit. Like mm. I, I saw it because I trust the film company and it kind of piqued my interest, but it was definitely, I was definitely trying something new when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's probably pretty much all I've seen new. Cool. cool. What were you, Mark? Uh, I watched a Cronenberg movie called Dead Ringers the other day. Hell yeah. I saw it on yeah. Shudder. Uh <laughs> It is a fucked up movie. It's a typical Cronenberg movie. It, yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. It's it's a body horror movie, as are much of Cronenberg's movies. Yeah. But yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, I saw it on there. I think I'm gonna add it to my list and yeah. watch it. And uh, I watched Jacob's Wife, which is a new one that's on Shutter as well. Uh, I definitely recommend watching it. It uh, like I gave it a three and a half stars on Letterbox. But yeah, I don't know. It's a fun watch. It's a kind of a different movie. It's about vampires and shit, but it, I don't know. I really liked it. Okay. And then I watched another one that came out this year called Gaia, which is, uh, what did they call it? An environmental horror, I guess you would call it. Hmm. So like the trees and shit are alive and whatnot. 
Was Mark Wahlberg in it? No, he was oh. not. <laughs> I just got a pop-up from Zoom. We've yeah, removed too. the 40 minute time limit of your group meeting. Well, thank you. That's fucking wonderful. <laughs> I don't have to pay for it now. Um, but yeah, Gaia, it was fucking weird. I I don't know. I gave it two and a half stars. I will never watch it again. But I mean, if you're into that environmental type shit, have at it. Yeah, cool. But yeah, just tried to be smarter than I think it was. Other than that, I haven't watched too much. We started watching Nine Perfect Strangers on Amazon. Uh, mm. Trying to think of the cast list. Like Michael Shannon's in it, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, like it, the cast list is unreal. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll cue our theme music and we'll hop into this. Um, but yeah, like we said in the intro this week, we are talking about Aliens and from 1986. Uh, starting off with a synopsis. 57 years after surviving an apocalyptic attack aboard her space vessel by merciless space creatures, Officer Ripley awakens from hypersleep and tries to warn anyone who will listen about the Predators. What do you guys think about that synopsis? Um, I like it. I also did that synopsis. I, I feel like the synopsis is uh, very, um, doesn't give too much away from the story. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a, a pretty mm-hmm. big issue with modern stuff right now. Even the trailer, if you watch, it doesn't give too much away. Mm-hmm. All you know is that there are dudes with guns and xenomorphs. <laughs> well, more than one xenomorph, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, before we hopped into this movie, I wanted to ask Jeremiah, I'm guessing you watched this one before the first one? Oh yeah yeah so how 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 long after did you watch the first one and what Probably. are your like short thoughts on it on the first one yeah um so I would probably say it was probably a little under a decade later that I saw the first one uh first uh, my first go around watching it I still like basically being like, I was probably like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really understood what makes that movie great. Now, I would say it, there are so many things about Alien that makes it so iconic. And it just inspires such a different vibe in so many different like genres of like space movies, horror body horror and just i don't know man it's just so iconic like we don't have the thing without alien we don't have there's so many things that it inspired even just like you know just general joe's being in space you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like that was not really normal back then it was always star trek or star wars dudes in suits not like man i ain't fucking getting on that thing you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh 
I think that's kind of an interesting take of the future, you know, space truckers, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this is something, a new idea I've had in my head. It's almost Lovecraftian in a sense, because the, what are they just truckers in space, right? Coming along a fucking random signal to some fucking ancient alien spaceship that is, has all of these eggs you know, and just fucking one of those things fucking ruins so much shit, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, it's, and it's like, where did it come from? You know, there's this whole cosmic horror thing with it. And it's, uh, it's a really genius movie. Um, yeah. Cool. I think you brought up a good point. Like that these movies and like the entire franchise, really, it, meshes so many different genres of movies mm-hmm. like we like there's action there's thriller there's uh fucking there's horror there's body horror like you said like like it's monsters it's sci-fi it's like it, you can't just categorize these movies as one yeah and then what it gives to everything else too mm-hmm. and not just like even movie stuff because a lot of it too was like because this movie got made um hr geiger got his art out there and then mm-hmm. that kind of shined a way for people to be like oh i can make like controversial art and not be ridiculed and mm-hmm. it could like inspire stuff you know and um like do you know the history behind alien at all probably not as well as you do <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, when dan i forget his name dan something uh, he was a dude who initially came up with part of the story him and ridley and hr geiger uh dan brought in hr geiger that he brought in the necronomicon which is like mm. hr geiger's like iconic like book with like what would become the xenomorph and pretty much a lot of stuff from that uh the studio fucking fired hr geiger and was like we don't want to fucking do that this is fucking horrible ridley gets involved and then is like no dude this is like essential like you have to have this like and it's it's pretty wild that they let HR Geiger like design this thing and like just they went with that idea. I mean, it's so it's so horrible. Like it's it's very if you think about it, the face hugger is like a fucking rape thing, you mm-hmm. know. There's mm-hmm. so many different connotations going around with what that thing is, what it does to you what happens to you and then you know what what's left you know it's fucking scary as fuck dude Mm -hmm. uh it's just such a genius movie dude i fucking love it (laughs) (laughs) um so ridley scott obviously directed alien but james cameron came on and directed aliens and i mean james cameron is an icon in the movie world but uh some of his directing credits are terminator terminator 2 uh the abyss true lies titanic avatar and it's 57 sequels that are in production right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh and then he has like countless writing credits and producing credits as well but like this guy's a fucking genius um i'm happy that they were able to get someone of his caliber to come on and direct the sequel yeah um but uh, yeah, in Ridley Scott's absence, for sure. But I think he did a great job. He added more of uh, like an action vibe to the movie, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Like I talked about this later on in one of my reviews, but where Alien was like more stealth based, Aliens is more like we're running in and we're gunning down everything. Like we're not yeah. hiding. We're just going to fucking stand up and fight basically. No, well, it's a revenge story, you know? Yeah. And it's like the more you think about it, it's like this is like Ripley's payback from basically being traumatized, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is honestly fucking wild that james cameron made this movie i mean it's just like he's literally just hitting home runs it's this movie at the same time terminator 2 mm-hmm. at the same time he's making a fucking i can't remember the other movie he's making but he's making like three fucking movies at the same time yeah it's yeah fucking wild mm-hmm. yeah well, it's I funny mean, that oh. Oh, go ahead no it's okay i was gonna say it's funny that you mentioned uh the the revenge movie because i i looked up some of the uh commentary for this and um ripley uh or sigourney weaver she wanted her character to um not hate the aliens like she wanted to kind of be not that revenge but um the director he wanted ripley to hate the aliens and have that revenge plot for the second one Mm so like with sigourney weaver moving more towards like we came to their world and like what did we expect kind of thing yeah like she didn't want the second one to be like a revenge movie she didn't want to like hate the aliens like she didn't want that for her Mm -hmm. character Mm -hmm. but then they went that route anyway yeah i mean it's very it's very different than that like it's not like I spit on your grave or it's like mm-hmm. something right. horrible yeah. happens and then she's like, I'm killing everyone. It's literally like, I don't want to fucking go. No, I'm not going. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to reinstate my license so I can go back to fucking work and do something because my life is in shambles now because mm-hmm. I'm in the future. I guess I will do it for the fucking money because, you know, she's probably getting fucked so hard like financially that it's like, you know, just to get any kind of like Cause like, isn't it in the movie she gets sued by the fucking company because they blew up the fucking tanker, right? Or like, I I remember she gets like in trouble or something. Yeah, they took away her license and whatever. Like, she couldn't be a captain of the ICC or something like that anymore. Yeah, so I would assume that notice. she probably like owed money or like was in some sort of debt, you know? And yeah, because know, like that uh, that scene you're talking about, like, kind of goes to show the uh the the bad company in it like they're all worried about this you know 13 million dollar whatever spaceship or whatever it was that she blew up and she's like trying to explain to them what happened and stuff like that but they don't really care about that they just care about their uh Mm -hmm. well and like this happened fucking 57 years ago at this point like get over it (laughs) yeah yeah have bigger and better equipment now who cares (laughs) yeah What's so interesting about this, though, is it's such a mirror of, like, it's supposed to be a straight mirror of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, this has been happening for a while. You're just getting involved. Whatever, dude. Like, we're here for money, dude. We're not here to, like, save people. You know, we're here Mm -hmm. to colonize and fucking make money. And that's it. And we don't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. We have jumped way ahead with this discussion but uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go through the cast list really quick and then we'll hop back into this movie discussion because oh, uh right. I, don't, I don't i don't want it to stop 
because yeah. we're going to have a good discussion. But uh, yeah, obviously leading off the cast is Sigourney Weaver, who plays uh, Ripley. Who's obviously known for the Alien franchise, Avatar, Galaxy Quest, Holes, and The Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I have Carrie Henn, who played Newt. And this was her only acting credit. She stopped acting after this, and she is now a high school teacher. Yeah, I did see that she has a she did a, a voice role yeah. last year for some TV show. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, but I just found that interesting. Like, I don't know. She's a good actress. Like, very good. Yeah, because she had zero surprised. zero acting credits to her uh, acting experience or anything like that before they cast her for this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was literally one of those things where they just like they literally just like her parents just signed her up because she looked mm-hmm. like one of those kids that was like you know picture perfect and then she yeah. just like literally got the job yeah and what a first job to get yeah but uh yeah she, i mean her dad her father was in the military or something like that so she was born in the states but then she spent most of her like childhood over in england and you can hear the the accent throughout the movie here and there like periodically Cause like she started to develop uh, an English accent while living there. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, really notice that. Yeah. It's not all the time, which is weird. It's just like here and there. I'm like, okay, are, <laughs> she's supposed to be acting British or like what's happening right now. But that's actually why. Uh, next up, I have Michael Bain who plays Hicks and he's known for planet terror, the Terminator, the rock tombstone and the abyss. So James Cameron is like recycling his actors throughout oh, his yeah. movies. Oh yeah, which is he was good. supposed to be an Avatar too. He was, was he? supposed to be the big baddie, the, okay. the the military guy? Yeah, but I think he was doing something else at the time, where he's mm. like not acting. Or... Mm. And then I have Lance Henriksen who plays Bishop. Uh, mm. He's in Pumpkinhead, Near Dark, Alien vs Predator, Hard Target, The Mass Effect trilogy, Scream Three. And he was in Super Mario Brothers, the movie, which I did not know. Oh, man. Uh, He played Bowser. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Me either. And I don't intend on watching it. I know, right? It's so bad. (laughs) Uh, Then I have an honorable mention, of course, the late, great Bill Paxton. Oh, rest in peace. Brooke and I were talking about him the other night. Like, we we need someone to like resurrect him yeah so good man so good yeah yeah twister is just fucking amazing mm-hmm. oh, i think honestly besides this movie uh nightcrawler is one of my favorite movies he's in yeah it's a good one too all right let's get back into the movie discussion um yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh just oh wait! Perfect, do you want to do like? Do you want to talk about how the sequel compares to the original? Or do we already we already kind of went over that? I guess eh? I, I would say we didn't really do a legit comparison though, because there know. is a big there is a big difference for sure. I was gonna say because you you mentioned like you watch this you know when you're 15, 16. and for you it must have been so different going from like this uh, action packed. You know, guns a blazing movie to watching the first alien where it's like very quiet and slow is like such a different movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh 
you know, I think it really ruined my perception of what I like about movies because it's like, you know, I, I got into this argument with my uh, my podcast partner, Biggs, um, where I was like, you know, Aliens is my favorite. Alien is his favorite. And we were talking about that. And it's like, I like the action, cloning Marines, way over their head thing like i i love that like i love the thousand xenomorphs at a time oh my god they're climbing to the fucking walls oh they're mm. in this this fence you know i love that it, i don't know what it is about it maybe it's just it's just so good and then coming home to like a ghost town basically and being like where the fuck is everyone yeah and mm. then just being totally fucked and you know it's like alien it's good. They're almost separate movies, man. Mm-hmm. They're almost separate movies because, like I said, you know, the other stories. Lo- I love crafting a story almost, and this is more of like a very more action, the actiony movie, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I would say, you know, if I'm going to be honest, Aliens is the worst movie, and Aliens should be the best out of all of them because it's so genre genre setting for different genres and it's so original dude it's Mm -hmm. so unique and still fucking like i own that movie on 4k dude it's timeless like it Mm -hmm. is fucking a beautiful movie other than the scene where the chestburster comes out that's a little wonky but i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's fucking good dude and aliens is you know you got all the action tropes there's uniqueness to it but it's it's definitely you know it has tropes in it mm-hmm. where i feel like alien is kind of making its own thing mm-hmm. yeah like i haven't watched uh, this movie in a few years and it just made me think like this movie inspired so many of these kind of action alien movies like the first thing in mind was starship troopers yeah mm-hmm. um even uh i kind of got vibes of um that tom cruise movie uh oh, edge of tomorrow yeah exactly mm-hmm. um so yeah this movie definitely inspired a lot of movies along with the first alien as well mm-hmm. yeah I, I was thinking starship troopers too for sure which is obviously an inferior movie to these but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you can yeah. definitely see the the influence that this had on those types of movies and I would say the big one that I've seen as of recent is uh, Tomorrow War. That movie is like mm-hmm. very inspired by Alien and everything else that that movie inspired. Like the mm-hmm. thing, I mean, that movie is literally just let's take every movie with aliens and just make one movie. I mean, <laughs> got Independence Day, Alien, The Thing. Like, there's so many different, like, yeah, awesome shit from that movie. Yeah. And uh, like back in in this time, like the the science horror genre was kind of frowned upon by or looked downward on by the Academy Awards. And this movie actually got nominated for seven awards um, and it ended up winning two awards. So I believe this is the the first moment. uh, I think Sigourney Weaver was the first woman to ever get paid that much money in a movie. Yeah, yeah it it's like, funny. I actually have some little trivia. I read it from the uh, commentary. Um, so before writing the screenplay, James Cameron was told that Weaver was fully committed to the role. He wrote the screenplay, and then after he found out that they actually lied to him, said that she wasn't committed. Oh, shit. So they were forced to pay her that much money. 
(laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that. But I mean, you can't recast anybody in this role. You can't. No. Even the extras. Yeah. The extras you can. That's the like the wildest thing I was just thinking about where it's like, man, where's Baskies, Frost, mm-hmm. uh, Vasquez, uh, yeah. uh, the Drake. I mean, they're all, even though they're only there for a minute, they're all iconic pieces mm-hmm. of this movie. And they all are just so perfect. <laughs> I think yeah. this movie's a flop if Sigourney Weaver doesn't sign on for it. Oh yeah, hard, hard yes. There, mm-hmm. if there's yeah. no Sigourney Weaver, this movie does not succeed at all. No, no, because it's just. No, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say like she. I don't know, like she developed that character in Alien, obviously, and she's the only one that knows how to play Ripley the way that Ripley should be played. Mm-hmm. Like she's had her hand in developing this character. So nobody else is going to be able to come in and replicate that even like remotely close. Right. But what separates this from like every other movie is like Ripley's not every woman in a movie in that time period. No. And then on top of that too, if you're going to look at general action movies, this is very different in the sense mm-hmm. of like Ripley is telling them not to go back. Mm-hmm. She is telling them that they don't know what the fuck they're doing and that they're all going to die super fast. And, you know, she wants like nothing to do with this shit. And, you know, they're almost like, it's almost like the Marines are like the general action movie, right? Let's go guns blaze and let's shoot mm-hmm. everything fucking machine guns mm-hmm. and ripley's like that's not really how it works at all and then yeah you know they get butt fucked very hard <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well like ripley she just commands everybody like in this movie you know we got these all these badass you know marine corps and then at one point they're getting their ass kicked and she just fucking takes over the whole pretty much the whole <laughs> Plan. yeah their their leader dude just is like just dead in the water doesn't even know what to fucking do <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah but she does that in alien too right mm-hmm. i can't remember what the uh what the leader guy's name is in alien uh dallas right yeah so when dallas dies she completely takes over and she's not even second in command or anything like that mm-hmm. she's just like an engineer that's on there who isn't going to take any shit and she's level-headed and she knows what they need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I like about this movie, and Jeremiah, you kind of brought it up, like having a woman in an action movie back then. I bring it up later on, but like not only do we have Ripley, but we also have Vasquez, who is a complete fucking badass in this movie, too. Yeah, and right. like to have two huge female presence in a in a 1980s action movie, it it was unheard of back then really and i feel like vasquez's uh shine is so underplayed compared to sigourney weaver like Mm -hmm. she is such an essential piece of what makes this movie iconic man Mm -hmm. like it's almost like i want to say like if vasquez is in in this movie it flops too because it's like you need her parallel to bill paxton's parallel you Mm -hmm. know you got the goofy guy 
that's fucking talking shit. And then you have the actual hard ass Marine Mm -hmm. that will literally beat the fuck out of you. And is a chick. (laughs) And that's, that's what I like about this movie, right? It's like, you have Paxton, who's the the jokester. You have the, the leader or the corporal or whatever, who just like folds up like a wet paper bag. Once the action starts up, um, and you have a couple of the other males who die like pretty much instantly. Mm-hmm. And then you have these two females who just go in and fuck shit up throughout like three quarters of the movie until Vasquez ends up getting killed. But then you still have Ripley going right to the end. Yeah, It's almost like, I don't know, James Cameron wasn't afraid to put that much power into these female characters, which is a good thing to see. Right, because it's them, and then it's uh, Sarah Connor too. Yeah, exactly. Which is almost those go. are almost similar stories too, because it's like you know Sarah Connor is very uh, tra- traumatized by the mm-hmm. fucking robots, and you know it's very interesting. I just thought of that, man. I never thought of that until right now. They're both very, very <laughs> both similar people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Vasquez reminded me of. Uh... A current actress quite a bit i'm wondering if you guys kind of got the same vibe mm, i'm trying to think i'm picturing the girl from uh deadpool oh, okay can- gina carano yeah a little bit um i was thinking of uh, michelle rodriguez uh, that was ah, gonna be, yeah yes yeah. yes very yeah. on point yeah yeah uh, but like you said uh ripley just like commands attention like um the one scene whenever they're all i think they're like packing up their their car to go to the ship or whatever and ripley's like well what can i do like i i need to do something and she's like what about that loader like i got a license for that mm-hmm. and the the corporal's like kind of like eh, hesitant she Be just fucking guest. gets yeah he just gets in it and just blows up the ship <laughs> I love the end when this loader comes back into play too. I'm not going to talk about it now, but oh man, it's so sick. Yeah. Um, I kind of had a, a funny fact about the opening scene whenever they discover Ripley uh, 57 years later. So James Cameron actually paid for the opening scene out of his own pocket because mm-hmm. the budget wasn't big enough for them to have a robotic arm cutting the door. Yeah, he literally paid for that whole ass thing. He was like, no, we gotta have it. We gotta have it. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. The commitment, bro, it's there. (laughs) There's even more to that too. Like, uh, if you line up the opening scene up with the ending of Alien, everything is exactly in the same place. Uh, Mm -hmm. One second. Um, what was I saying? I'm sorry, you, I was on something. You're saying yeah, the ending, yeah. ending of Alien in this one? Yeah, no, up. they literally like there's like shoes and random stuff like like debris from the fight scene, and it all lines up. I was just seeing something about that, and I thought that that was so interesting. And just that opening scene, everything's just frozen and cold, mm-hmm. and you know, it's so funny because they go right back to it oh a God. little bit. Oh <sighs> sorry. anyways um they really play back to that uh dudes just working a job thing where it's like they're salvaging they're like fuck Mm -hmm. there's people in here now we can't salvage anything you know i really i think that's such a key key thing to that story uh aliens is that just people working a job Mm -hmm. 
people working day to day and then encountering the fucking worst thing in the world, you know, yeah, or galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be a sick job to be a space salvager. Oh, hell yeah. You'd probably find like, so cool much that crazy be? shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Futurama style. Um, I'm wondering if, if you know this, Jeremiah. Do you know if they got the same cat to play Jonesy? I do not know that. <laughs> Did they? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, That's man. I, do do. I, was, I was thinking that because it, it looks very similar to the one mm-hmm. the cat from the first one. I mean, it's only, what, a few years later, right? Yeah. yeah. Three or yeah. four years. They could have. I was possibility because when Ripley's like, and you're keeping your ass here, Jonesy, I was like, oh, come on, bring the little fucker with you. Right. <laughs> put, her, put, put the cat in the fucking cloning marine suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like a little cat suit for it. Right. A little like cat army bag, like has like fucking like ammo and stuff. Yeah. And uh, during Ripley's kind of like bad dreams, she has most of her dreams are about like the chest bursting scene mm-hmm. why do you think that scene affected her the most out of her whole experience really i mean other than the fact it's so traumatizing yeah 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 because <laughs> i feel like there's probably i don't know more from her first experience that she'd be traumatized because i like. think i think going there was just a job until that happened when it became oh fuck hmm this is like a thing now that we all have to deal with. And then she's the only one that survived, you know, and then mm-hmm. being on top of that, she was with like, you know, men that are supposed to be like taking care of business. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she was the only one that barely survived too, you know, like that would probably just haunted her forever. And then, you know, everything else added to it too. Like, you know, her daughter died too. God, yeah, so the dreams, yeah, the, the dreams that <laughs> the dreams that uh she was having, like um, like you were saying, you know, she was the only one to survive. Um so oh, like, just you know, it it's just it just traumatized you to the point of where you know she'll never be a normal person again. And you know? it, she didn't seem that bothered that she it was like awake 57 years later. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the extended cut or the original cut? I watched the theatrical. I think Mark watched the director's cut. Um, I started watching the director's cut because I have it on DVD. And then uh, I just, I finished watching the movie. Like I watched the first half hour of the director's cut. And then I finished watching the movie on my laptop. And it was just a regular like the theatrical release there were literally like five extra scenes it's yeah. not like really that much but when i looked the big up scenes, what the extra stuff was and yeah was one like, of the whatever. big things that they add is that uh she does find out about her daughter mm-hmm. and that her daughter is like dead like uh, a year yeah. she died like a year before they found her mm-hmm. and they used a picture of her mother to make it almost like mm-hmm. real. So it does look like her yeah but okay. um yeah she is like fucked up from that and I think that adds, like, she is very much so hardened. I feel like she was just, like, a chick that worked with dudes. And now she is, like, uh, uh, someone that's very hardened and, you know, doesn't really put up with shit anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That, that whole experience would definitely change you. 
for sure. But I mean, like that whole scenario with her daughter too, like that just, um, if you guys have seen the movie interstellar, um, it's the same kind of thing, right? Like he, he comes back, Matthew McConaughey's character comes back and his daughter is like 80 years old and on her deathbed and he's still like 40 or whatever, however old he was when everyone into space, but it'd be like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so they kind of have their, uh, they're meeting with Ripley, the, the kind of business people, and they're kind of like saying, oh, you destroyed this fucking thing that's worth a lot of money, you know, and she's trying to explain to them like what happened and like they still don't really care at all. <laughs> they just care about their, their spaceship. Um, and this is one part of the, the story that kind of bugged me that Ripley kind of fell for the, the businessman saying, oh, yeah, well, we're not bringing it back for testing and stuff like that. You know, she believed Burke whenever she asked him, like, hey, what are we doing with this thing? Like, promise we'll destroy them all and not bring them back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what happens at the end, Burke turns on her. Right. I really love that bit, too, because they really set up the trope of like, ah, oh, robot bad. Uh, people good and the reality of that situation where it gets flipped and you know which is all so fucking devastating because bishops are really like can i help you oh let me open the door for you would you like some cornbread you know (laughs) oh if you need to talk you know i can meet you over here and i can change (laughs) functionality for you to make you feel more comfortable yeah like literally she's like get the fuck away from me bro (laughs) yeah Oh, it's so fucking funny to look back at this. She's so fucking mean to Bishop. But it's understandable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that they that they used a synthetic in a like a good role in this one. Like they kind of turned it on its head from from Alien, where uh I can't remember the synthetic's name in that movie, but he ended up being a bad guy. And then even in Prometheus, which is obviously tied into this whole alien universe um loosely (laughs) loosely yes but fastbender i think it's fastbender he plays a Mm -hmm. synthetic and he's like fucking shady as all hell too Mm -hmm. so i liked in this one that they had it as like a positive type character but the whole the whole movie you're like okay when's he gonna turn when's he gonna turn yeah because we know that this type of shit happens in these movies and he's literally doing the same thing too because he's dissecting it Mm -hmm. he's like this is so fascinating. And yeah. then another dude's like, uh, you having fun there? <laughs> Whatever, my <man. laughs> Like, yeah. I love that scene too. Because he's like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And even when Bishop is like fucking torn in half at the very end of the movie, he still mm-hmm. is trying to help them defeat the queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he saves oh, yeah, even when he's like, fucked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he saves Newt from going at the the hatch, like the escape hatch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one scene I, I really love too with Bishop and uh, uh, what's his name, um, Hudson uh, at the cafeteria whenever they do the knife game. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally it was just supposed to be Bishop doing that, mm-hmm. and Paxton had no idea that he was going to be in it, and so they got him like surprised that he was doing that mm-hmm. so that was uh bill paxton's real you know emotions and right. i guess on the second take that they did that they actually 
nicked uh, Paxton's pinky finger with the knife. Mm-hmm. I believe they were intoxicated too because they had to reshoot it. Yeah, yeah they were they had were. like already wrapped up the movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Man, and it, that would it, be fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess they sped up the film for that scene because you can tell like it's not humanly possible to go that fast, no. and. Uh, so they sped it up and I guess they had to reshoot it because it just didn't look right whenever they sped up the, the original scene. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know uh when uh what is it, uh Lance Herkins was traveling from the States to because they filmed, I think, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh he brought over a fuck ton of knives and instantly got flagged because oh, really? he had a fucking ton of knives in his briefcase. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm an actor, and it's like, oh. Why do you have all those knives? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I read about the movie too that I really liked was uh, like that that first scene when you see all the Marines together and like like it's our first meeting of them. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the last scenes that they filmed because they wanted to have that like camaraderie between all the characters, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Because yeah, normally, like, that was a good idea. Yeah, normally a movie like this they would shoot it mm-hmm. in sequence, but. That was the last one of the last scenes that they shot. And it's really tight too, because they all got to customize their own like armor and stuff mm. and like all everything. I mean, like, you know, Drake has like chicken bones and shit and like yeah. random shit. And mm-hmm. everyone has like fucking like like Hicks has a lock and has has over a fucking painted heart and like yeah. everyone has like extremely cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the pilots have like stuff written on their helmets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a lot of characters in this, but I do like how when they first go into the the alien nest or the ship, that they have like the cameras on their helmet, and then back to Gorman and Ripley, it like has their last name, mm-hmm. so like you know who they are. Yeah. Because there's a lot of freaking characters in this. Movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, there is. Uh, do you guys want to touch on the first attack from the aliens when they get into the uh, the kind of nest area? Oh, the hive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the scene's amazing. It, it's so like, like I said, it's supposed to be a nod to Vietnam. I mean, they're supposed to be the superior firepower, right? I mean, technically the Xenos don't have anything, right? And they have their infrared, like infrared, big bad guns that they can't even use because they're in a place where it would explode <laughs> yeah. everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they just immediately freak out and get swarmed like so fast. And it's like, it's just such a good scene. I mean, and then the acid blood comes back and just fuck, you know? I bring this scene up later on, but like, I love where like they have the motion tracker and Hudson's like, they're like, they're coming in for us. Like they're all around us. And they're like, well, there's nothing here. Like your shit's malfunctioning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you just see, and it's like <clears throat> at the end of alien where the xenomorph is hiding from Ripley in that like compartment kind of thing. Like these things are masters at stealth. They blend in with the environment so well. And like they can see it on this like little screen that there's movement and whatnot, but nobody can see them. And then all of a sudden they just like kind of start coming out of hiding and you can mm-hmm. see them coming out of the walls and like they they have themselves all like folded up and like it's pretzel, so awesome up. when, 
when you watch the movie and you see the hive and they're like 30 of them just fucking like yeah all embedded in the wall yeah and it's yeah. like oh it's so wild yeah and then they find the the one girl who's still alive in mm-hmm. in the uh the nest and she's like they think she's alive but then she just fucking just chest bursts out of her <laughs> that's fucking brutal <laughs> well i remember the first time i saw that scene there's like this orange fucking shit on her like stomach mm-hmm. and uh i was eating orange chicken when i was watching it and i'm like <laughs> watching this and i'm like looking at my food and just being you know, like i don't want to fucking eat this anymore i'll never forget that shit dude oh my god <laughs> Um, I did notice in this one compared to the first one that you could really tell that there was people in the suits of the Xenomorphs mm-hmm. a lot more than the first one. I don't know if it's because there was a lot more of them compared yeah. to the first one. Right. Well, there had to be. So Yeah. 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 And I mean, well, even like when the aliens are like, or the Xenomorphs like jumping over barriers, it's like, I don't know. It was kind of silly at some parts I found. Mm. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure they didn't have a whole bunch of seven foot five actors <laughs> to put inside these suits. No, no. Which is kind of crazy. Like, do you think they, do you think they had all these different suits or do you think they just like superimposed these different aliens throughout the movie? Like in like the hive and stuff. Yeah. Like to make it look like there's more, but I don't know. Because that's a lot of fucking xenomorph costumes that they would have had to make. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I sure that they're... they I'm sure that they had like maybe three or four like well-made, like legit mm-hmm. xenomorphs, and then the other ones were like maybe just parts where they could film the camera on a certain part or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Right. Definitely. What were you gonna say, Jeremiah? No, I was pretty much gonna say that. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, I had a question for you guys. So all of these soldiers and everyone in the movie kind of has like a different job for what they're doing. Which job would you guys have in this? Oh man, since I've been playing Alien Fire Team so much, uh, I would be a technician. I'd be the dude with the sentry turrets. That would be my job. I would be that guy. I'd probably have. I'd be the tracker guy for sure. That's what I said. I said tracker. Yeah. There's no yeah. way I can fucking hold up that gun like Vasquez can. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's huge. No, but no, it has it has a thing that oh. is like, like wrapped all around her, her armor. Yeah, she has a thing that's attached to her armor, so it's not supposed to actually weigh like anything. So she's basically fucked for close encounters. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what I would be. I like the idea of the tracker, but like I don't know. Like I wouldn't want to be in the front lines, that's for damn sure. And I'm not smart enough to be an engineer. So, yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. maybe one of the trackers. Um, There's one guy in this. I don't know. It was like Vasquez's close friend. I don't know if it was Drake. 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 Yeah, yeah. He reminded me a lot of, fuck, I forget his name. The guy from Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, the buddy. Yeah, like the blonde guy who gets the fucking... Uh, knife in his hand. Knife in his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminded me a lot of him. Like yeah. just the look of him. Right. But then he gets fucking acid blood all over him, and he, yeah, he does not. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Man, that would fucking hurt so much. I'd rather you know, just die instantly rather than yeah. get 
acid blood on me. Right. Okay. Oh, but you don't die instantly, though. That's, they don't do that to people. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to be like, I'd want to be like Bishop, like how he died. Like, just stick your fucking pointy tails through my chest and rip me in half. Getting <laughs> 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 out white shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other uh, scenes you guys want to talk about? Oh man. Um, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie has to be the scene when they're in that room uh, and with the red lights and fucking Paxton's starting to freak out and he's like, they're in here. And then yeah. fucking, it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> to do perimeter. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love Paxton in this movie. Like, oh, so good. All of he's... his lines that he had and like, a lot of those lines weren't in the script. Like he was mm-hmm. just going, you know, off the coffin. Yeah. Man, I thought it was so good. Especially in the scene where he's shooting. He's like, you want some too, motherfucker? Fuck <laughs> you. You yeah. want some? Yeah. Like that, that's all ad lib. Yeah. Like all ad lib for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was his one? I wrote, wrote it down. Um, the game over, man. One. Yeah. That's classic. But it, uh, he says something about like an uh, elevator going down to hell. Mm. Oh yeah, when he's going off on his speech about how hard they are and how yeah. they have snakes and nukes and <laughs> they could kill literally anything that has ever existed, and then they immediately get fucked like <laughs> right after that. Yeah, and he's like, "This can't be happening, man. This can't be happening." <laughs> right. <laughs> Anything? Else, any uh, scene you wanted to mention, Mark? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but well. Whatever. It's kind of a free flowing combo <laughs> at this point. I guess. Eh? Yeah. Um, I want to talk like I've already talked about Newt a little bit, like at the beginning and how well she acted in this in this role. But like she had so many different like little tiny things that she did. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this little girl is such a fucking natural actress. And the fact that she went nowhere afterwards blows my mind. Like, um like she's watching all of the soldiers and all their mannerisms and stuff like that. And like, you even see her like salute people every now and then, but it's like a, it's a a sarcastic salute. And it's just like, you're Mm -hmm. 10 years old. (laughs) um, Yeah. Because like Ripley says at one point, uh, she says, I think this is whenever like Hudson's freaking out one of the parts and she's like, Newt is 10 years old and she's survived Mm -hmm. for however many uh, days or years and she's not like a trained soldier yeah and all you guys are marine corps and you mm-hmm. can't survive or something that's like literally my favorite thing i was just about to bring that up too or it's just like why don't you put her in fucking charge literally survived here way longer than you guys have ever been here like yeah. oh man yeah because said the, the drop ship's not going to be there for another 17 days Mm-hmm. we're not gonna yeah. 17, 17 hours man yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah that was it yeah yeah <laughs> and then they figure out that it's just gonna blow up yeah because they fucked yeah, up they the have, arc or whatever I think like, <laughs> yeah they have like four hours and it's like a 30 kilometer radius or something something mm-hmm. like that um and then like hudson's like man i had four more weeks i was about to retire or something, <laughs> something like that he's like i was done in four weeks man <laughs> There's one scene later on too, and I talk about it uh, after, but um, that iconic scene whenever Newt is going through the water and uh, 
and Ripley's trying to get to her. And then all of a sudden in behind her, you see like the, the xenomorph come up from the water and just standing behind her. And like, just the way that that scene was shot, it sends chills through me every single time I watch it. What I think is so interesting about that scene. Why are they all welders? Yeah. Like what the fuck is up with that? (laughs) You never see that in like any action movie where it's like, Oh yeah. We're also like, marines that weld stuff like it's like what yeah so in this movie they ripley figures out that the the aliens are not killing well not killing most people but some Mm -hmm. of the bring some of them to like the uh, the nest do you think that in the first movie that was happening or because oh yeah that's 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 specifically a nod to a deleted scene from the original cut of the first one. Oh, really? Because okay. there is a scene where, oh, and also with the lady too, that when they find that lady, because uh, in the original cut, when she's crawling through the vents, when it's just her, she finds Dallas and he's all fucking hung up on in the hive because, the you know, the xenomorph is, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if, do you guys know the, the anatomy of the different xenomorphs or anything like that? I know so, I've seen like drawings of them all. Yeah. Same. So so the xenomorph in the first alien is a drone. Mm-hmm. And the drone's job is to basically set up a hive for a queen, basically. So it's kind of turning the ship into what they would see, you know, on Hadley's Hope. Mm-hmm. And uh when it strings up Dallas, you know, he's basically waiting to find, you know. Or morph into a queen. I think I don't think it could specifically morph into a queen. I think it has to be a specific alien, but um, it's getting ready to basically do that. And there's that scene with Dallas where he's all hung up and he's like, "Come here, And then fucking she lights him on fire, and it's like, "Oh fuck!" Like I just love how they went with that. You know, James Cameron is such a genius. Because it's like the things that they did cut out from that movie, he just expanded on the lore, dude, mm-hmm. in such a way that just oh, so good, so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are there books? Like, is there there's is, there's books? Is there not? Yeah, it'd be cool uh, to dive into those. Are you into Audible at all? Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay, they have the original Alien Three script on Audible with Lance Harkins, Michael Bean, and I think the original Moon. I'm not entirely sure, really? but they read the original script for Alien Three, where they're all in it and not dead, and it's really interesting. There's there's lots of different things. Like there's a really good one called Phalanx, which is about a xenomorph showing up in medieval times. Mm. There's a cool one with Vikings. Or no, wait, that's the thing. That's the thing with the Viking thing. But there's so many different things with books and comics. You know, the, the interesting thing about um, Aliens is it's very much like Star Wars in the sense that, like, almost everything other than the movies is better than the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really like Star Wars, but the books are, like, so fucking awesome and the comics and games. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Aliens. I mean, the comics and books are, like, so crazy and add so much to the lore. And, you know, you just you lose so much. And they they James Cameron, I feel like, is the only one that ever really, like, 
went where I feel like aliens should be going. And then everyone else kind of tried to add their own spin or, you know, Ridley Scott is making more Blade Runner than alien movie. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, I wish, I wish James Cameron would get it back or like they would have let Neil Blomkamp do his thing. Right. Um, Yeah. I haven't seen uh, aliens three, but I read a thing that, um, Obviously, Newt isn't back in Aliens 3. I think James Cameron kind of, uh, I don't know if he regretted that movie entirely, but I think he didn't like some of the parts that he wrote in it or something like that. There was an original script, and then I think they were like, no, you cannot do that. And then he had to rewrite it. And I mean, he just adds shit that, like, does not make sense. Like, they're basically on a prison planet, but all of the prisoners are in this incel cult. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> why the fuck does that have to do with xenomorphs? Yeah. You know, it, I just, it just gets lost from there on, you know? Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to dive into the lore a little bit more. Because, I mean, I didn't even know about that. The comparison between, like, the, the xenomorph in Alien to Aliens. Yeah, so in aliens, really they're cool. uh, they're warriors. They're the mm-hmm. warrior aliens, and uh, yeah, there's so much cool shit. Like in the original one, they built it to where uh, the head is translucent. So there's like, if you look, you can see it sometimes, but there are eyeballs. There's mm-hmm. like, uh, you can see the skull through the translucent like head part. It's mm-hmm. super sick. Huh. Yeah, I definitely interested if you if you do remember some of the books um i would definitely be interested in reading some oh, of those yeah. yeah definitely oh, yeah yeah audible has such a great selection i think if you just have audible they have a lot of free shit too mm-hmm. like okay. that is like the place to go for alien books and stuff okay i'll check it out um but uh mark you're talking about newt before the one scene that i did like between her and uh, ripley you kind of are seeing that mother connection like i think at this Mm. point um uh newt like calls uh ripley mother yeah but whenever she's like going to sleep and um newt's like saying like i have bad dreams stuff like this and ripley's like oh your doll i think the doll's name is casey i think yeah she's like oh casey doesn't have bad dreams and the newt's like well she's just a piece of plastic she doesn't have bad (laughs) dreams (laughs) and uh i just love the connection that they develop between those two. Mm-hmm. That's what inspires her to become a warrior. You know, that's like ultimately what it is, is, you know, th- th- these fucking things have taken so much from her. And then the mm-hmm. people that are like trying to get anything out of something that should just be fucking murdered, yeah. you know, like she's just lost so much that the one little thing that she gets out of someone, and then they're probably going to die. I mean, you know, they're already pretty fucked. So like she probably that's lingering through her head. The one thing that is like bringing her close to like what she was, which was a mother, you know, she wants to protect that at all costs, which Mm -hmm. is very interesting because that mirrors the kind of like endish scene where it's like, if you think about it, this queen xenomorph's in the same position mm-hmm. she's protecting her fucking babies at yeah. all costs mm-hmm. and trying to do what she can for her hive so it, it's very interesting to think about it that way where it's like it's mother versus you know, mother yeah mother versus mother and it's like it really is their turf i mm-hmm. mean 
you know i mean kind of i guess i don't know we don't know how the ship got there so yeah yeah but uh yeah like you said jeremiah like these aliens took everything from her not only did they take like her crew away from her in the in the first one but because they took her crew away she wasn't able to go home she was in stasis for 57 years so ultimately these xenomorphs took away her ability to be a mother for her child who was her, back home her, her friends her life mm-hmm. her, her daughter her work mm-hmm. like they like everything was taken from her literally except her fucking cat yeah even <laughs> yeah. even though the the xenomorphs didn't directly take those mm-hmm. aspects of her away from her but the events that happened caused her to lose all this stuff right yeah and she still sucks sticks to her guns at the end because um up to the i think at this point burke is like he fully turns on them pretty much releases the face huggers and i think at one point he tells ripley like hey like we gotta bring these things back because they're gonna pay us a shit ton of money and she's like he's like we can sneak them in they won't know and Ripley just like, oh, they will know. And he's like, how? Well, I'm going to fucking tell him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And like Burke just doesn't have a clue what these things are capable of. And like, even, even... when he's in the fucking middle of it, mm-hmm. like yeah. even the specimens that they have in these like, like test tube kind of things, like they eventually break out and, and start attacking everybody. Like they yeah. go after Ripley and then the, there's two of them. They go off. Ripley and New at one point. Yeah, Burke, Burke let them out. Did he let them out? Yeah, yeah. He put yeah. in there. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's them. right. Because she called him out, basically. Yeah, and then he you locked so the door fun- on them. And what's so funny about Burke is Burke, at this time, the actor <laughs> that played him is a, a comedian. Mm-hmm. And it's like they hired just a comedian to play like the perfect bad guy. Yeah. Ever. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know Paul Reiser was a comedian. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I believe that's how he started. Was he was a comedian? Well, he was in uh, not Will and Grace. Mad about you. He was in Mad about you. Uh he's also in one of my favorite movies ever, which is Whiplash. Oh man, oh, that's the, a great movie. Yeah, Mark yeah, and I love that movie. He's yeah. the cuckold dad in that yeah. one. But uh, yeah. It's so funny in that movie too. He's just legitimately a bad dad. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not like paying attention to his. He's just he's just a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, did you did you guys think that Ripley and Hicks kind of had a thing, or was that developing, or what? What do you guys think? Oh man, I think it was more of a malady kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, more like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he's like, oh. You're fucking badass. Like, I, like the part, like I think it's the attraction somewhat starts when, like, you were talking about the loader scene mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, you know, she's like, you know, I can drive that. I have the license for that. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty I, sick. <laughs> I feel like this is like the first straight woman that he's ever seen that's like at his ability level or higher. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. i feel like there's an attraction to that because i mean vasquez it's obviously like we said a badass but she's also gay so <laughs> I, f- I feel like like she's turning drake down left right and center saying like buddy like i'm not into you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, and they're all like hicks is the only one that's on the competent 
Like mm-hmm. they're all like legitimately bad soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like there's supposed to be like, and even if you watch the commentary, James Cameron calls out like in the beginning where he's like, yo, I'm fucking sorry to disrespect the military people. This is not how like mm-hmm. legit military people act. Like mm-hmm. this is supposed to be like a play on like Vietnam style. Like I don't give a fuck about your war, man. Mm-hmm. Peace and love. Yeah. Like, that kind yeah. of uh thing and you know hicks is the only one that doesn't really talk keeps his mind mouth shut does his job mm-hmm. and then leads when needs to be lead and talks when he needs to talk you know yeah because there's a scene earlier um like way earlier in the movie whenever everyone gets wiped out and it's only like hudson vasquez hicks uh gorman and the other two and uh Ripley's like, oh, he's got to get out here and just nuke this whole place. Mm-hmm. And Burke is just like, no, we can't do that. We need to bring one back. And Ripley's like, oh, well, actually, Hicks is next in line in charge. So it's up to him. Mm-hmm. And Hicks just looks at Ripley's like, we got to nuke the place. <laughs> <laughs> I actually yeah. feel like that's an interesting concept, too, because wouldn't Gorman be the one in charge? I feel like because he was like he was like leading them right. Yeah, but But they do they do say that though. That is what happens in it. But like, why would Hicks be above Gorman though? I I mean, Gorman's a cuck, obviously. Yeah, he he should have got fired. But yeah, he kind of took himself out of it. Like when he's like, I don't know what to fucking do. And Ripley just fucking takes the car and drives into it. Oh Mm -hmm. no, he gets he passes out because he gets oh right, gets his head, so he's just out. Yeah, that's funny. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else before we kind of get into the last few scenes? No, not for me. I think so, man. So yeah, you find out that they pretty much have like twenty six minutes to get out of there. At this point, pretty much <laughs> everyone is dead except for uh, Ripley. I think Hicks. Hicks dies is still at the same. Is he nope. at, at the... No, he's fine. He just gets hit in the face with acid. Yeah. Nick, right, Nick right. Uh, Hicks stays alive. Yeah, but uh, Hudson dies. He Burke dies, and then Gorman and Vasquez kind of like sacrifice themselves. They bowl themselves up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Newt, she like falls down in this little water place where we saw before, and then um, she gets taken by one of the uh, xenomorphs. So. They're about to leave, but then Ripley's like, nah, like I made her a promise, so I have to go back and get her. So she's going back to get Nuke. She puts like the tracker um, on her wrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this final scene pretty much where Ripley finds Nuke, and then you see this fucking queen, and she is huge. <laughs> yeah. I love the, uh, the f- like the first viewing of her because Ripley sees all the eggs and at one point like the question is like where are the eggs coming from and just the whole like look of this queen like she has this huge ass like fucking fallopian tube kind of thing that's just dropping these eggs out Mm -hmm. and it just like the camera just like kind of follows it and you see this giant ass xenomorph like this massive like head plate that's so sick man like the whole design of that queen is amazing yeah, it's yeah. fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so the uh, the Alien Queen was originally set to be stop motion, 
but they had time constraints. So they were forced to make it, um, someone called it the biggest marionette in Hollywood. So it was basically made by like rods and like marionette style. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job with it. Oh yeah. 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 And then in the final battle scene, there were miniatures that were used okay. for Ripley's uh, Walker and the queen. Hmm. Um, there was one scene that made me laugh so hard whenever <laughs> Ripley gets an elevator with Newt and it goes up and then the queen like comes in and like the elevator comes down and like the queen looks at the elevator like she's about to take the elevator <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Well, she does end up taking it up too. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was funny. Uh, the only takes the elevator. <laughs> so it kind of like gives it like a little head tilt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you guys want to take over the final battle scene? Uh, I'll, I'll let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, detail just. I'm just getting to my notes here. We've just been talking, so I lost my spot. Oh yeah, so yeah, Ripley and Newt end up getting to like the the uh, what's it called, like the landing zone, I guess. Yeah. And they they find that uh, that Bishop's gone because he was supposed to wait for. Her. And Ripley's like, Bishop, you bastard! And because she thinks that obviously they just dipped while mm-hmm. she's still on there. And then next thing you know, the fucking queen comes up in the other elevator and uh, Ripley takes Newt into like the warehouse kind of thing and shuts the door. And uh, the aliens like smashing its head against the door and whatnot. And the fucking doors open back up and Ripley's in this loader thing, which is basically like if you've ever played uh, like Titanfall, like it kind of reminded me of that sort of thing. Yeah. And she's inside of it. It's got these like two claw hand type things and she's just doing an absolute beauty of a job battling this thing mm-hmm. um and one scene too like the alien gets like right in close to her face and ripley's in like this sort of like cage sort of thing like her face and the the mouth whatever the fuck it's called keeps like lashing out at her and the tail's like lashing at her yes yeah. this thing has a huge spike on its tail um i don't know like jump in guys but <laughs> yeah, like this scene is is obviously one of the most iconic uh, scenes in, in movies. Yeah, like she just fucking owns that. Like the way she controls the, the like the the walker is just mm-hmm. amazing. Like she grabs its head and then is trying to like you know stay away from the tail and just like the battle between them is awesome. And she's like throwing it all around and then the alien starts you know getting on her side and. Then um, uh, at one point, does does Bishop come back in? Or does the alien uh, kill no, Bishop him? gets immediately murdered. Uh, yeah, just the like, fucking spike right, through his yeah. chest. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, he's he comes back before she opens the hatch. Yeah, yeah. and then they put Hicks to sleep. And then they're like, not bad for a human. She's like, oh, not bad for, you know, maybe I do like robots now. And then immediate. Yeah. 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 Newt like runs into this little hatch because like she's been run away from these things forever. So she knows, you know, get to small spaces. And the queen is like trying to get in there. And then then the fight happens. And uh, yeah, Ripley notices the air hatch so he opens it up 
tosses the Zeta, the queen in there. And then Which is kind of shitty because that's the same thing that happened in the first one, but it's okay. There's a power loader involved. That's what I think. <laughs> exactly. It's different. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, she falls down in there because it obviously takes her down and she ends up getting back up and uh, and then Bishop, somehow he's torn in half and he still manages to help save Newt, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's just holding on to her so she doesn't fly out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I forgot to mention, like, before this whole fight scene happens, because they get onto the dropship before that fight happens, right? Mm-hmm. And they uh, they fly out of the the thing while it's all exploding and whatnot. So they think that the the queen is dead, but she actually like was basically a stowaway. She ended up mm-hmm. attaching herself to the side of their dropship. Right. And that's yeah, how she... like the way the way they hide. Um, I think Jeremiah mentioned before, but like the queen is massive, and she mm-hmm. still manages to like. Yeah, they're like fucking cats, dude. They just yeah, like man. do not have <laughs> yeah. any shape or size. They just <laughs> squeeze into fucking whatever little crevice. They yeah, can. yeah. And that's how she's able to rip uh, Bishop apart because they end up landing again on a platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, anyways. But yeah. So basically. Here's the interesting thing though. Mm-hmm. Was was this the original? I this is something I've always thought of. Is it the original queen or is it a new queen? Because there is there is a whole thing where remember how the the the, the pilot gets murdered in the ship? Yeah. Because they yeah. take Xenos back to the ship before. Yeah. So there are already technically Xenos on the ship mm-hmm. because, yeah, it's all like hived out in some part of the ship. So I've always thought like, is that the original Xeno or not? Because it's so big. How would they not feel that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, pretty much uh, they kill the queen and <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out of there. Well, they, they go back into hypersleep again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh I didn't listen to it, but I guess in the like after the credits, there's the sound of like howling wind, and then you can hear like a face hugger screaming around, mm-hmm. which implies that they're still there. Yeah. Cause the aliens are there, like I was saying. Yeah. Because there's that part when the dude's getting in the ship and he's like, what the fuck? Because he's touching the slime. Yeah. And they're on the Sulaco already. So that means that. There were already Xenos. And if there's one Xeno, then that means that someone's building a hive, you know? Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys wanted to mention before we wrap this up? No, other than this is the best movie in the world. <laughs> All right. You're my favorite fucking movie, man. This is Hereditary. Nice. I like All that. Right. Well, there's one thing I got to say game over, man. Game <laughs> over. Affirmative. <laughs> oh, shit. We ready to jump into these reviews? Yes, yes. Let's do it. All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Is it just a review of like what I think the movie is good at and bad at? Or well, we do like a two-part review. So we do a story uh, rating out of 10 and then a quality rating out of 10. Okay. Story rating, um, I'll go eight. 
out of ten. Okay. No, hey. seven, seven. I'll go seven. Seven. Okay. All right. Do you want to talk about a little bit about why seven? Uh, it's not really an original story, and uh, that's like that's like what I'm saying. Why Alien would be probably like almost uh, almost a ten, but mm. uh, I would say uh, this one is definitely you know it's it's a generic action movie that is unique. You know, it, it has some of the same tropes, but like. It does it different this time for sure, but you know it's uh, it's just not as iconic as the original one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. What about your quality? Oh, 10, 10 out of ten. Nice. Actually, no, fuck that. I would say nine because I know that the people that were helping build the sets fucking sucked. So that's <laughs> only because those people. Oh really? Sucked. Yeah, dude. If you listen to the commentary. James Cameron had to deal with a strike during the middle of the movie because he kept he didn't know that tea time was such a big thing for them. So he would be like, You guys have already taken a few breaks. Like, can we get back to fucking work? <laughs> and then, like, oh, all of a sudden yeah. now the trolley ladies here and they're all buying fucking tea. And we need to like build shit and yeah. like get shit fucking done. And yeah, different work, work, work ethics, man. <laughs> I think I think I did read that in like the list of the different com- uh, commentary ones. I think like they mm-hmm. just work different hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. used to like a lot of breaks. Like it's so like, funny, like the Lord of the Rings. What about second breakfast? That's like a real <laughs> fucking thing. There, <laughs> That's awesome, Brooke. You want to go? Sure. Uh, so for my story, I gave an eight out of ten. Um, I said a sequel being better than an original is a rare breed, especially when the original is directed by Ridley Scott. I said this movie takes everything in the first and improves it from the pacing to the character development to the writing. Uh, we still have Ripley trying to do the right thing for humanity while she's trying to fight the greedy corporations. Mm. And for quality, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I said, what a movie. Where do I start? The acting is great, especially from... Uh, Weaver, Hendrickson, Paxton, and Hen. Um, the special effects are unreal. Score is such a classic. Keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Acting scenes are filmed great, and they still manage to blend in a little bit of horror. Dude, our reviews are like fucking pretty much <laughs> word for <laughs> word the exact same. It's weird. So, yeah. so great minds eight, think alike. <laughs> so uh, eight out of ten and ten out of ten. Awesome. Uh, my story, I gave it an 8 out of 10 also. Uh, I said the story p- uh, picks up basically where Alien leaves off, even though it is 57 years in the future. But like to Ripley, it's like yesterday, basically. Um, I love the idea of the colonizers and like that's who they're going to save or to see what happened to them. Um, where Alien was more slow building and us learning along with the characters, aliens didn't hold back on the in-your-face action, and it hap- like it starts very early on in the movie. Uh, Ripley is just as badass in this one as she was in the original, and I love that they added a second badass woman to the mix with Vasquez. Uh, in that time, it's like I already talked about all this, but in that time, it's rare having one female action star in a film, and Cameron ended up having two, all while keeping any sort of romance out of the film. Uh, which I thought was a good take on it. Like, cause I mean, when you see movies where like the women end up falling for the man, it like, it almost 
gives them a sort of weakness. You know what I mean? Whereas like, it's a cliche. Yeah. And Vasquez and Ripley don't have that sort of weakness. Like they're in there to get the job done and how they know how to do it. And And that's why literally the like last deleted scene is when Hicks and Sigourney Weaver literally tell each other their names because they've never told each other their first names throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's true. Like it's just very regimented, I guess you could say. Uh, And I finished off with, I love the idea of having the Queen Xenomorph and like answering those unanswered questions from Alien. Uh, my quality, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I said every good thing I said in my quality review from Alien gets amplified in this one. In Alien, there's one xenomorph and a face hugger. In Aliens, there's countless numbers of each plus a queen xenomorph that they had to do the makeup for. Uh, so, like, even though they took 50 different tea breaks in a day, which I didn't know about. <laughs> um, yeah. The makeup and effects department like had to work their asses off to create this movie and everything that that's in it. Um, the acting was all really good. Most notably Sigourney Weaver, Bill Paxton and uh, uh, fucking hen. I can't remember her first name, but uh, yeah, she had zero acting experience. So her performance was above and beyond what anybody could have expected. I think. Uh, the action scenes were perfectly executed to not only show us great firefights, but also to provide us with some tension in between the fighting. And that's all. 8 out of 10 and a 9.5 out of 10. All right. You guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. While Alien was a marvel of slow-building atmospheric tension, Aliens packs a much more visceral punch and features a typically strong performance from Sigourney Weaver. So based off that critic's consensus, Jeremiah, do you want to take a guess at what the critics scored this movie? Oh, man. Is it like a percentage? Yeah. 75%. How much? 75%. Oh, buddy. 97%. Oh, man. <laughs> I went low because I didn't want to be devastated. <laughs> you set the bar real low. Um, but yeah, 97% on 77 ratings and an average score of 9 out of 10. And the audience gave it a 94% on 250,000 plus ratings and a 4.4 out of 5 average rating. Nice. So very well received. What we like to see. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. All right, you guys ready for the scare section? Let's do it. All right. Brooke, give us your scare rating. So my scare rating, I give it a two out of ten. Uh, I said this movie is more action slash sci-fi than horror, so not so scary, but there was a couple creepy scenes. Okay. Uh, my scariest scene was when Ripley and Newt get attacked from the facehuggers. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the lighting and just the whole scene, I thought, was done fantastic. Like, they're banging on the glass. No one can hear them, obviously, and yeah, I thought it was really well done. Nice. And then would I survive? I said, if the whole Marine Corps can't even take these aliens, what the hell would all I do? (laughs) Very true. All right, Jeremiah, you want to go next? Yeah. So uh, scare rating, I would probably say a five. 
Uh, I'm very, I don't like claustrophobia. Yeah. And there are a lot of claustrophobic scenes in this. Um, especially when it's like, you know, they're literally welding themselves into smaller rooms and then smaller rooms <laughs> and then literally in a hatch and just, and then even when Bishop is crawling into the vent, which I think is a missed opportunity to have one going in and fucking, he's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> he's to, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should have did that. Um, and would I survive? Or scariest scene, a scariest scene. I think it would be that scene, probably, what okay. I was just talking about. Uh, would I survive? Yes, because I would not fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew what the fuck was going on, I would not go. Yeah, Ripley's nuts, man. Be like, yeah. Fuck you. You yeah. can keep my fucking license. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Right. All right. Uh, my scare rating, I said a five out of 10. Also, uh, I said knowing they're essentially stuck in space with who knows how many of these xenomorphs is scary in itself. And just when you think they've escaped and killed the queen, she comes back for one last fight. Uh, and the way that she survives that initial like blast just shows how intelligent these things can be. And I mean, it's fucking terrifying. And I, I agree with the whole claustrophobic feel of this movie. Uh, we feel it in the first one too, but yeah, this one, it really ramps it up. Cause I think knowing that there's more than just one and they're like lurking mm-hmm. in the shadows and shit. Uh, my scariest scene. I said the scene that I mentioned earlier when newts in the water and like the camera pans out and you see the xenomorph standing up behind her coming out of the water. Cause like you just see this like little defenseless girl and she survived this whole time. And now, I mean, if it was your first time watching, you're like, Oh shit, she's dead now. Mm-hmm. but i don't know i just and like just the whole visual visualization of that scene was really good <clears throat> would i survive i said not a fucking chance if one of these aliens doesn't kill me i would have had a heart attack at the first sign of them All right <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy way out just yeah <laughs> just do me in now <laughs> all right man um so we do this little thing whenever we have guests on. We call it the uh, podcast on Elm Street Double Double Special. So if you know anything about Canada, you know that we love our Tim Hortons coffee. And uh, a double double is two milk, two sugar. It's probably one of the most popular forms that you can get it. But anyways, what kind of milk? Hey, what kind of milk? I don't know. Whatever they is give it us. Bagged milk. I have Canadian friends I like that, that's sick um, So yeah, Brooke and I are each going to ask you Two questions Awesome And uh, I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, Brooke Alright, you go right ahead Alright, so using Action stars of the past and present Create a fire team of Five people to combat the xenomorphs Keanu Reeves Okay. First nice. off, Keanu Reeves. Great answer. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Um, Henry Cavill. Mm. Jodie Foster. Okay. And uh, Zadea, uh, I forget her last name, but the chick from uh, Spider-Man. Oh, is it uh, just Zadea? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm all for this. Yeah. 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 Right. I like right? that. That's a solid five. Matthew McConaughey would be the Bill Paxton. That's kind yeah. of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a good answer. Keanu Reeves is Hicks. Henry Cavill is 
basically maybe Gorman or Hicks or I could see him being uh, Hicks, yeah. yeah. I like that. All right, Brooke. So my first question, um, after our discussion at the start of it, I kind of wanted to redact this one, but I'll ask it anyway. I know our answer will be nobody, but if you had the chance to recast Ripley as a male actor from the 80s, who would it be? Mm. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dude, no (laughs) shit. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. No shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing i would pay money to see that right. it's just him doing the splits dodging yeah. yeah that's great fuck that's amazing i like that all right um so we've obviously already seen the movies but who do you think would win bef- between a xenomorph and a predator and argue your case the xenomorph and my case is the predators only hunt in packs and they only uh, they only hunt Xenos when there's more than one. It's like a tribal thing that they do to like prove that they're like warriors. It's like it's like children becoming men. So uh, but it's always like a ton more than them and they only ever hunt in packs of three during that period when they're hunting xenos so i feel like it would be xenos just because there's a lot more and then god forbid one of them fucking impregnates them they're like Jesus. fuck Can yeah you imagine that <laughs> yeah right it's like they had a whole movie about it <laughs> all right cool all right my second question what horror movie franchise would you like to get the Halloween and Candyman treatment that they've had recently? Where it's the direct- what was it? Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. So it just erases all the other movies? Mm-hmm. And make okay. a whole new lore. Uh, but not like how they did with the newest iteration. That one was trash. But like... Oh, the, yeah. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, can yeah. just throw that one out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So would you bring back um uh the actor that played Freddy Krueger? Robert um, England? Come on. Yes, <laughs> I had a brain fart. Dude, I want to say I had a brain fart that too. Um it's our podcast name. <laughs> I want him to be in it, but I don't want him to be Freddy Krueger. I want him to be like some fucking crazy ass homeless dude that's just like in the background or some kind of like nod or like yeah that's a nice hat (laughs) or I don't fucking know. All right, good answer. It'd be sick if he owned like a skate sharpening place and like that's who Freddie goes to get like his claws sharpened by. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes the episode then. Awesome. Um, before we go, do you want to plug your podcast one more time? Yeah, uh, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcast, uh, Cosmic Void. Um, I do that with my homie Biggs. And yeah, um, check that out. Uh, you can add me on Instagram at Vexed Tell Death, V E X E D T I L L. D-E-A-T-H. Yeah, you'll be tagged in this episode whenever we post it. So. Oh, yeah. Thank you. 
All right. And as for us, if you guys want to catch us on any social media, check us out at a podcast on Elm Street, on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Excuse me. Uh, if you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll see links to our T Public account where we have some sweet merch lined up. Uh, we also have a Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast in that way. And we also have links to our Discord channel, our Twitch accounts, and anywhere that you can listen to us. And if you want to just have a pop-up episode like Jeremiah did, slide into our DMs. We are ready and willing to take on any guests and collaborations or anything of the sort. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you again for joining us. Yeah, Uh, thank you for having me. Had a blast, man. Yeah, it's been great getting to know you over the past few days and uh, and doing this episode. Heck yeah. And our next episode... And our next episode is going to be on Saw 2. No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Nice. Which I'm fucking pumped for. Me too, because it will be a first watch for me. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen that one either. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So, should be good. Good old Chop Top (laughs) Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. All right, guys. All right. Have a good one. See you later. later.